Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Olivia de Havilland, Mark Stevens, and Leo Gen in The Snake Pit. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeler. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, you'll hear one of the most brilliant acting performances of our day, given by a star who has just received the highest honor in Hollywood for the second time, the Academy Award for Best Actress. We knew that three great artist, Olivia de Havilland, in The Snake Pit. Co-starring are the same two players you saw in the picture, Mark Stevens and Leo Genn. You know, when Hollywood produces a picture that is completely off the beaten path, every producer knows the chance involved. But the unusual theme and superb acting in The Snake Pit made the 20th Century Fox production an enormous success, and all the risks were happily justified. You know, producers may run risks in Hollywood, but our housewives refuse to take any chances. They follow the example of women all over the country by using Lux Flakes. They know that Lux Flakes are always safe and gentle for nice things. Now, here's the curtain for Act One and The Snake Pit, starring Olivia de Havilland as Virginia, Mark Stevens as Robert, and Leo Genn as Dr. Kick. <laughs> Juniper Hill State Hospital. Dozens of buildings, acres of land, isolated in the countryside. A city unto itself. A hospital for the mentally ill. I, I just don't know what to think, Dr. Kick. You tell me my wife's improving, but she doesn't even know me. You heard her yourself. She says she has no husband. Yes, it may be a long time yet. Mr. Cunningham, I still know so little about your wife. Her background can be very important to us. I've already told you, Dr. Kick, Virginia never talked much about herself or her family. I always thought it was strange, but well, when you love somebody, you're not looking for symptoms. It's only now that I see things I never thought were important before. Would you tell me about them? Well, I, uh, I met Virginia in Chicago at a publishing house. She came by one day to pick up one of her stories. The editor had turned it down. When I went out to lunch... There she was, alone at the table, like a kid who'd been told to eat something that she didn't want. Oh, hello. Hello. Mind if I sit here? No. Thank you. Say, uh, that story of yours, your first one? First one I thought was any good. Look, may I tell you something about our editor? No. You mean you'd rather I wouldn't talk? No, I didn't mean that. Well, if I wrote a story and I thought it was good, I wouldn't care what anybody said. And... I'd stop thinking about it and start eating my lunch. Why didn't you fire the editor and read my story? You know, I might do that. So that's how you met her. After that, she used to drop by the cafeteria every so often, and we became friends. She lived in Chicago then? I actually didn't know where she lived. Somewhere in the suburbs. Somehow I thought she was grateful to me. I felt she, she needed me like a child looking for protection. Then early in May, I think it was, we had a big date. The Boston Symphony was in Chicago. We planned to have dinner and then go to the concert. 
Only when I met her in front of the office. What I'm trying to say, Robert, well, I... I can't go to the concert. Can't go? Something's come up, something important. I'm sorry. But what... What is it? It's no use, Robert. I, I've got to leave right away. Oh, now, wait a minute. Let me go. Let me go, please. Let me go. That was the last time I saw Virginia in Chicago. She didn't come back, and I, I couldn't find her. I got a better job soon after, which took me to New York. Sounds silly, I know, but I, I kept right on looking for her. She'd known about my new job, and I... Well, to, to cut it short, I, I did find her. Carnegie Hall, the Boston Symphony... The lobby during the mission. But I am glad to see you, Robert. Very glad. But where have you been? What have you been hiding for? Oh, I thought I could. We just happened to meet on the street, in the subway, or in a restaurant. But why didn't you try to get in touch with me? Oh, well, you've got a deep, dark secret. You killed somebody, and the police are after you. But I'm not going to lose you again. Now, tell me, what have you been doing? Working 18 hours a day and being lonely 24. Oh, I'm working on a novel. It's almost done. Oh, you don't know how good it is to see you again. From then on, we were happy like any two people in love. When I talked about getting married, Virginia wouldn't be pinned down. Just the thought of getting married seemed to, to frighten her. And then some weeks later, she talked about it. For the first time, she brought it up. I could hardly believe it. Robert, do you really love me? You still don't know? I do, but, but you don't want to marry me, do you? What does it take to convince you, darling? Look, I tell you what, I've got a few days off at the end of the month. We'll get married, then we'll go on up... The end of the month? You see? You're just trying to put it off. You don't really want to marry me. Virginia. We were married three days later, the 7th of May. A few days after that, I, I came home late. I'd been delayed the office. I found Virginia standing on the fire escape. I couldn't sleep, Robert. I don't think I'll ever be able to sleep. Well, honey, how long have you been standing out here? I... I don't know. Come inside, darling. You, you, you're going to catch a cold. Could she sleep, Mr. Cunningham? What did she just it say? It was true, Doctor. The, the next two nights, I don't think she had more than an hour's rest. And then I suggested that she'd better see a doctor. A doctor? It's such a beautiful day, Robert. I know, dear, but we... Almost too beautiful. November. November? Are you kidding? What do you think it is? Well, May. May 12th. What makes that? We're here. Here's today's newspaper, darling. That's an old newspaper. Can't you see? It's torn. Virginia, it's this morning's newspaper. It isn't. It's Cassie. My head hurts. Robert, there's something the matter with my head. Come on, darling. Let me help you. Who are you? Why do you torture me? Why do you lie to me? Virginia. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Virginia, what's the matter? Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Virginia, don't you know I love you? Love me? No. You can make me love you. You can make me belong to you. You can. Virginia. I can't love you. I can't love anybody. I can't. I can't. I can't. She stood there gasping, beating her hands against the kitchen wall. The rest you know, Dr. Kick. You've no idea what that day in May might have meant to your wife. When had you last seen her in Chicago? I'd say it was about the first week in May. Could it have been the 12th? Might have been. You think there's some connection? Possibly. Mr. Cunningham, I'd like to use shock treatment on your wife, but you'll have to sign this consent. Shock treatment. Often it helps establish contact much faster. 
When that happens, we'll be able to start getting at the real causes of your wife's illness. Wasn't there any other way? Yes, if we had unlimited time. There are many things we're short of in state hospitals, but time most of all. I, I guess it was the word shock that... Where do I sign? Electroshock therapy is extreme and drastic. It's usually given in a series covering several weeks. I took Mrs. Cunningham off shock after the fourth treatment. Well, what are you waiting for, Virginia? Don't you know by now? Get on that table. Now, just a minute, Miss Davis. What's Mrs. Cunningham doing here? She's due for shock, isn't she, Doctor? Didn't you check her charm? No, Doctor. Sorry, but I didn't have time. I don't... I don't want to get on the table. I'm sorry, Mrs. Cunningham. This was a mistake. Take her back to the ward, Miss Hart. Let's go, Virginia. Why does Miss Davis hate me? I haven't done anything, have I? You'd better watch charts, Miss Davis. I apologize, Doctor, but I'm sure I don't have to tell you how many patients we have and how few... I know, Miss Davis. Tell Miss Hart, please, I'd like to see Mrs. Cunningham in my office. I should... I should thank you, shouldn't I? You're the one who saved me. The table they wanted me to... I didn't save you, Mrs. Cunningham. I just didn't think you needed any more shock treatments. Do you know who I am? You're Dr. Kick. Then you do remember me. I remember your voice. I liked your voice. You told me I came here in May. Why, yes, yes, I did. What month is this? October. June, July, August, September, October. Five months. And I don't remember a moment of it. I've lost all those months. Mrs. Cunningham... What do you remember of the time before you were ill? I don't remember anything. I don't even remember coming here. Nothing about New York? New York. Yes. I used to buy groceries, and I was writing a novel. And I couldn't sleep. Yes, it's very bad not being able to sleep. You wake up early, and all kinds of strange thoughts come into your mind. Yes, yes. I felt as if I'd done something. And I just couldn't remember what. As if something was following me all the time. I know. You get to a point where you just can't see any way out. And you do things which seem impossible to understand. Like trying to push time out of your mind. And saying it's November. Oh. Oh. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This could happen to anyone. Why are you so nice to me? Why are you interested in me? Because I want you to feel that even if you think you did something you shouldn't have... Something I shouldn't that have... That nobody here is trying to punish you. Why do you want to make me love you? I can't love anybody! That's my paper knife, Mrs. Cunningham. Put it down, please. I can't love anybody! I can't! Do you want to hurt me with that knife? No. Why? No, no! Oh, I don't know why. I don't know... Perhaps you'd want to hurt anybody. Anybody who tried to stop you from doing away with a day, a very important day in your life. May. May 12th. Oh, I don't know. It means nothing. Nothing. Unless... Unless? Oh, I don't remember. Who was with you the morning you became ill? Your husband? Oh, I have no husband. You know that. But you've told me several times that you're married. Yes. That's strange, isn't it? What's your name? 
Virginia Stewart. Your full name? Isn't it? No. Do you know? Of course. Tell me. Virginia Stewart Cunningham. Cunningham? Mrs. Robert Cunningham. Robert? Your husband. My husband. Isn't it better to know? Isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. Tell me, do you remember the time before you were married in Chicago? That's where you met Robert, isn't it? Yes, I think so. He was going to take you to a concert, but you ran away from him. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I think we've talked enough for today. Thank you, Mrs. Cunningham. Doctor, have I have I seen Robert since since I've been here? Your husband comes every visiting day. He wants to see you very much. Should I see him? I think so. Yes, Doctor. Let's go, Virginia. Lots to do around here, you know. Operator, this is Dr. Kick. Get me the new Alden Hotel, please, in New York. I want to speak to Mr. Robert Cunningham. This is visitor's room. You got a visitor. Your husband. Visitor? Robert. It's Rob. It looks like him, but I must be careful. Watch your step, Virginia. Everything counts against you here. Now, Charlotte, be a good girl. Of course it's not he. Well, here she is, Mr. Cunningham. Thank you, nurse. Hello, Virginia. Hello. It even sounds like Robert. They do a very good job when they want to. You you look wonderful, Virginia. Thank you. Dr. Kick said you can take her outdoors, Mr. Cunningham. Thanks very much. Well, Virginia, go on. You can go out. Do you have a key? This door isn't locked. It isn't? That's funny. Usually they're very careful about doors here. You'd think they were the most important thing in the world. It's very nice out here, isn't it? Yes, very nice. Funny how the ground dried out. It poured last night. It was night before, dear. Oh, then I must have lost another day. I don't suppose I'll ever find it. It's just a blank. What's in the box? Mm, all kinds of things. Fried chicken, fruit, cookies. Sometimes before I came here, I wished I could make my mind a blank. Now I know what a blank mind is. I get up in the morning, and then suddenly it's time to go to bed. And I can't remember what happened in between. This chicken. Is it real? Try it. Go on. Mm. Mm. Oh, it is real. Hey, hey, don't eat so fast. There's lots of time. Mm. Are you... Are you really, Robert? I have to be sure you know. I'm Robert, Virginia. Really. Here, put my coat around you. I don't want you to catch cold. Well, I wouldn't mind having a cold or pneumonia or anything I could understand. What's the matter with me? Is it a brain tumor? No, you've had a nervous breakdown. Nervous breakdown? Well, that doesn't sound so bad, does it? Just takes time, that's all. What else does it do to you besides take time? Well, it, it's like any sickness, darling. But Dr. Kick will make you well again. May I have a cigarette, please? And may I light it myself? Yes, yes, of course. And could you let me have some matches to keep, I mean? It's funny they won't let us have matches as if we were children. They don't cost so much, do they? I don't think I have any matches, but uh, here. Here's a lighter. A cigarette lighter. Oh, it's pretty. R.C. 
It has initials, R.C. Robert Cunningham. You are Robert. Virginia, what's the matter? No, no, don't come near me. Virginia. Nurse, take me away from him. Take me away from him. KNX 1070 News Radio. Act Two of The Snake Pit, starring Olivia de Havilland as Virginia, Mark Stevens as Robert, and Leo Gen as Dr. Kick. We are slowly getting better. But in a hospital as terribly overcrowded as ours, there is always the danger that the first good sign will be exaggerated that the patient will come up for discharge before he's ready to face society. Robert Cunningham, understandably, was determined to get her release, but I knew his wife was far from ready. Now I'd have to act quickly before it was too late. There was one short cut, narcosynthesis, drugs, an injection that would unlock the door to her suppressed memory, that would induce her to talk and lead me perhaps to the origin of her illness. You're going to remember things. You're going back to Chicago. You're thinking about Chicago. Chicago. You're meeting Robert. You're going to a concert. Suddenly you decide you can't go. Robert. Robert's trying to stop me. But it's late. I have to hurry. It's late. Late for what? Where are you going? I've got to go home. I have to be ready by 6.30. He told me, 6.30. Who, Mrs. Cunningham? Robert? Or someone else? Gordon. Gordon. He hates to be kept waiting. Gordon. Go on, Mrs. Cunningham. I tried not to go with Gordon, but I had to. You know Gordon. He said it was the annual banquet, May 12th, and to wear my long dress. I had to go with him. I had to. You like doing what Gordon told you to do? I don't know. Yes, I I felt I owed it to him. He took such good care of his mother and sister. Janie said he was like a father to them. Like a father? Was he I mean, after your father died? Yes. I was writing all the time. I wanted to become a writer. But before that, in school, did you go out with boys? Oh, no. I had to study hard. Gordon was the only one. He seemed to know what was best. He... He... You're crying. Why? What happened that night? I don't remember. Are you sure you don't remember? The car... Gordon's car. You were going somewhere in Gordon's car? It's a long drive, he said. He didn't want to be late. Well, now that we're finally on our way, I can tell you my big news, Virginia. Janie and George are getting married in June. It's all set. Oh, how wonderful, Gordon. But that's not all. You see, honey, now I not only get Janie off my hands, but George said he'll be glad to pitch in and help with Mother. Well, I decided I'd... Well, let's make it a double wedding, Virginia. Let's announce it at dinner. We can... Virginia, what is it? It's nothing. I'll be all right. 
you're not safe. I don't know. I just feel... Well, there's, there's a drugstore down the road. I think I'd better go home, Gordon. Oh, please. Virginia, what's the matter? Please, Gordon. Take me home. You didn't want to marry, Gordon. Why? I was really sick. I couldn't help what happened. Of course you couldn't. What did happen? Gordon's taking you home now. What happened? I couldn't help it. <laughs> If only I hadn't made him turn back, he wouldn't have died. I killed him. I killed him. You didn't make him turn back. You were sick and he was taking you home. That's what anybody would have done. It's only natural that you felt a certain blame. He died and you didn't. I couldn't help it. I couldn't You're going to sleep now, Mrs. Cunningham. Sleep. And when you wake up, you're going to remember everything you told me. Everything. The profound relief that had come to her in bringing the Gordon episode to the surface was very apparent. But there was still a long way to go. On Friday, Robert Cunningham came again to visit his wife. He was given permission to take her to the coffee shop. Now I can tell you some good news, Virginia. I'm pretty sure you'll be going with me to my mother's soon. Your mother? Yes, to a farm, you remember, in Illinois. Oh, yes, of course. Sometimes I think I'm not as sick as the others here. But they say that if you think you're well, then you're really sick. If I say I'm sick, maybe that means I'm well. The trouble is I can't be sure of anything. You can be sure of me, darling. Like the other night. Last night? Yes, last night, I think. I heard a scream, and I didn't know if it was me who screamed or not. If it was I or not. When you start worrying about your grandma, you're really getting well. Am I? For a while, they thought Don Jackson was going to get well. I knew him in Evanston. He was in law school, and he, he lost his mind, and they took him away. At first, they thought he'd get over it, but he never did. Shouldn't even think about Don Jackson. I remember his mother. She said, my real boy is dead. He's happy there in a world of his own, with his own kind. Look out for the train! Robert. Yes, Robert. You must. I must what, Virginia? You must divorce me. It's not fair for you to be tied to me. You should have your freedom. My freedom? A few hours I can spend here. You. You're talking too fast. I can't follow you. Virginia, I love you, darling. Yes. Did, did Dr. Kick say anything to you about Gordon? Gordon? No, no, he didn't. But he did tell me that you're going to staff. Yes, I've heard about staff. Where's that? Well, it's a group of doctors, dear, and, they, and they, they talk to you a little before you go home. It's nothing to be afraid of. Dr. Kick want me to go? Dr. Gifford says you're well enough. The important thing is that you, you want to go home with me. You do, Virginia, don't you? Back to Illinois? Yes, Robert. Yes. Everybody wants to go home from here. What Robert had told her was all too true. She was in no condition to leave the hospital, but here was a chance to get her out of the state, to make room for someone else. My protests were all overruled. Among the patients at the next staff meeting was Virginia Cunningham. 
Now, don't be frightened, Mrs. Cunningham. These doctors here only want to find out if you're well enough to leave. Do you think I'm well enough, Dr. Kick? Why do you want to get rid of me? We're not trying to get rid of you. Well, you won't catch me saying I'm not sick. I know what that means. If you don't mind, Dr. Kick, Dr. Curtis will examine the patient. Tell me, Virginia, where were you living when you became ill? New York. Where in New York? New York City. But where in New York City? Manhattan. Yes? Yes? I mean, go on. Go on about what? I'm trying to find out your address in New York. Oh, I knew all the time that's what you meant, but I don't know. Please, God, please help me. Has your husband been here to see you? Yes. How often does he come here? As often as the rule allows. How often is that? Why, don't you know? I know, I know all about it. I'm simply trying to find out if you know. Well, I can't see what difference it makes. Would you change... What's your husband's occupation? He works for some publishers. No, that was way back. He's... He's a farmer, isn't he? I thought he was an auditor. Oh, yes, yes, for the Alden Hotel. Alden Hotels? Isn't he working for the Kraft Hotels? No, he works for the Alden Hotels. I'm sure you'd recognize your husband's handwriting. Now, what do you see on this piece of paper? I see that my husband has written that he's employed by the Kraft Hotels, Incorporated. Well, what do you say to that? Well, if he says Kraft, it's Kraft. I was mistaken. I'm sorry. I, I'm terribly sorry. Dr. Gifford, there's a full report on this case. It's only Dr. too clear that... Please. Go on, Dr. Curtis. Now then, Mrs. Cunningham, have you ever worked yourself? Beg pardon? Have you... Have you ever worked yourself? That's better, thank you. When you have that cigar in your mouth, it's hard to understand you sometimes. No. Forgive me, please. Well? Yes. Yes? Yes. I'm sorry, I know what you mean. You want further information. My number was 564-12-1113. What's that? My social security number. You mean you can remember a number like that, but you can't recall your home address? I'll, I'll try to remember. Only please don't wave your finger at me. I'm trying to answer. All right, I'll give you an easy one. How old are you? I feel sick. Now, come on, come on. How old are you? Please don't shake your finger at me. If you just try to help yourself. Dr. Gifford, this must be stopped before it's too late. Stop what? Come now, come, come. Take come. your finger away. Please, take it away. Don't tell me you don't know your own age. It's a very simple question, isn't it? Don't do that. Don't do that, doctor. A moment later, we were taking Virginia Cunningham out of the staff room, fighting, screaming, terrified. I know your kind, Dr. Kick. Your voice is sweet, but it drips with poison and lies. And I... My judgment was confirmed, but at far too great a price. She had not been ready to face a staff examination, and now she'd suffered a prolonged relapse, and her confidence in me was shattered. It was weeks, many weeks, before she was well enough even to see her husband again. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm very glad to see you, Robert. But that terrible little man you were just talking to. Dr. Curtis? That was Dr. Curtis, dear. Dr. Curtis? Oh, I thought he was a patient here. But I'm sure there's something terribly wrong with him, Robert. Yesterday he came into the ward and asked me why I bit his finger. Yeah, I, uh, I guess he's a little unhappy about that. He must be crazy or something. Robert, I... I didn't bite him, did I? Did I? Well, uh, that's what they say, dear. I don't understand. When? At the staff meeting. 
Oh, they asked you about my job, didn't they? I, I should have told you, Virginia. You see, the Kraft Hotel people bought out the Alden chain, and I guess I just neglected to tell you. I never thought they'd be asking you questions like that. I bit him. But it isn't like me to go around biting people. <laughs> well, the next time you want to bite someone, don't pick out such a big shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it isn't funny, but I can't help laughing. Is Dr. Curtis really so important? Well, he's over Dr. Kick, and uh, Kick's pretty important here. Did you say Kick? Look, Virginia, it wasn't Dr. Kick who sent you to staff. It was all my fault. I guess I was too anxious to get you out of here. Kick was the only one who tried to stop it. Then he... Then he is trying to help me. He wasn't lying to me. He wasn't lying to me. Oh, Robert, I... I'm glad. And so I had her trust again. Six Witter, I'm Ward One. The next move would be out of the hospital and home. Miss Davis will be here in a minute, Mrs. Cunningham. Now, just remember, she's in charge of Ward One. Do everything Miss Davis says. Get it? Miss Davis? Yes, I think I've heard of Miss Davis. But maybe I just imagine it. You see, my worst trouble is that I keep forgetting things. Miss Cunningham? Oh, yes, Miss Davis. Down, Mrs. Cunningham. Yes, Miss Davis. Only not on the floor. In one, we do not sit on the floor. I was afraid I'd mess up the bed. You'll find the rules here are different from other wards. Patients here take care of their own rooms and make their own beds. Oh, I could never make a bed look as nice as this one. You'll learn. This ward is quite pleasant, Mrs. Cunningham, for those who are willing to cooperate. I think I remember you now. Yes. The table, the electricity. Shock treatment? What about it? You were always there, and you... And you... I'm sure these days you're cooperating much better, Mrs. Cunningham. I go in the day room. Yes, Miss Davis. Yes, I'll go. And she's just created another disturbance. Maybe you can get somewhere with a doctor kick. I certainly can't. Oh, here. Here's the doll she took from Valerie. Well, Mrs. Cunningham? We were in the day room. Valerie gave me the doll. I gave her cigarettes, and she gave me the doll. Apparently, Valerie says you took her doll. And Miss Davis seems to agree. Oh, don't you believe me, Dr. Kick? I didn't steal it. Really, I didn't. I know you didn't. But why get so upset about a little rag doll? I tried so hard to keep my promise and not make any trouble here, but it wasn't my fault. Really, it wasn't. And why didn't you just give the doll back to Valerie when Miss Davis told you to? All right, go on. Take her part, just like Father, and then getting angry with me. What do you mean, Mrs. Cunningham? What do I mean? What? Do you mean that once, when you were a child, your father was angry with you? Unjustly? Oh, that. It was nothing. It all happened because of a little doll. It belonged to my friend next door. I had traded dolls with her. I wish you'd tell me about it. Tell you? Well, she was angry with me. My mother. She was very angry with me. Virginia. Virginia, I told you two hours ago to take that doll back to Janie. Now do as you're told and bring your big doll back. Mommy, this is little. It's like a real baby. Like the one you said is coming to live with us soon. Oh, for heaven's sake. Just for once, will you please do as I tell you? But I want this doll. I don't want my big doll. Just you wait. Just you wait till your father comes home. Father? Oh, no, don't tell father. Mommy, please. Please don't tell father. You loved your father, didn't you? Oh, yes. Very much. 
Except when he... when he took Mother's part. Then he was always good to you. Oh, I love my father. He was so good to me. Until we knew about the new baby. And is that why you wanted a little doll? Then you'd have a baby of your own, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes, the little doll... Then maybe your father would be as nice to you as he was to your mother. I don't know. Maybe that was it. Oh, I behaved terribly. And when my father came home, I was still in a tantrum. He lost patience with me. I was sent to my room, and I... I... Go on, Mrs. Cunningham. You what? I had still another doll. It was dressed like a soldier with a uniform, and I used to pretend that it was my father. And that night, in my room, I took my soldier doll, and I... I smashed it. I smashed it to pieces against the wall. I don't care if he hates me. I don't care. I hope you break the pieces of my bill. I'll tell you. I'll grab And what happened then, Mrs. Cunningham? What happened? Oh, I don't know. Nothing, nothing. Were you punished for breaking the doll? No, I don't think so. Why are you crying? What do you remember that makes you cry? Oh, the doctor came. My father, he was very sick. Wishes sometimes seem to come true, don't they? But I didn't want him to die. I didn't. I loved him so. But he did die? Yes. My mother got married soon afterwards. And somehow I always felt she didn't like me because I reminded her of father. I'm sorry, Dr. Kick. It's so silly. Crying about something that happened such a long time ago and something I could hardly remember. By the way, did your mother ever tell you what your father died of? I think she said, is it, is it called uremia? Mm-hmm. A very serious illness which usually takes many years to develop. He may have been ill even before you were born. Before I was born? So you see, there's no possible connection with your wish. Well... Let's walk back to the ward, shall we? Yes, Dr. Kick. Aren't you taking the doll? The doll you got from Valerie? The doll? You mean this? Why? It's only a piece of rag. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Just a simple piece of rag. <laughs> Miss Davis, why, it's a typewriter. You mean it's for me? Dr. Kick says you may use it for an hour every day. Well, go ahead and use it. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Davis. I write, but I never could. Now, look, Virginia, being a writer has nothing to be so excited about. It doesn't set you above the other ladies you know. Now, if you really were a writer... Well, I tell you how to be a nurse. All right, young lady, I've tried to be patient with you, but you've an exalted idea of your own importance. Let me tell you something. If it weren't for Dr. Kick, you'd never be here. I know now why you hate me so. It's because you're in love with Dr. Kick, that's why. It's because you're... Miss Davis, wait. Don't go. Please, Miss Davis. I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I said. Really, I didn't. Get back to your room. Please forgive me. Please don't tell Dr. Kick about it. Oh, please. Please. Well, well. We're going to miss you, Virginia. Valerie, what do you mean? You'll be out of this ward, I'd say, in about ten minutes. Maybe less. No, she can't send me away. I must stay here. I promise Dr. Kick. I knew nothing about this at the time. I'd gone to New York for the weekend. 
But I heard afterwards that for almost two hours they searched the building and the grounds, and Virginia Cunningham was finally found where she'd locked herself in the nurse's washroom. You know you can't get away with this, Virginia. We'll break down the door if you don't come out. I won't come out. I won't come out unless you send for Dr. Kick. Dr. Kick isn't here, and if he were, he... They told you your husband is here, didn't they, Virginia? You know he's here. Robert? Yes. No, I don't believe it. We sent for him. He's waiting in the hall. Are you coming out or not? Uh, I'll come out. Watch him. Where is he? Where's Robert? All right, Gabaron. Where is he? No, Robert. Put her in that street jacket. Robert, where are you? Where are you? I know all the tricks and lady every one of them. After a brief intermission, we'll resume with Act Three of The Snake Pit. Curtain rises on Act Three of The Snake Pit, starring Olivia de Havilland as Virginia, Mark Stevens as Robert, and Leo Gen as Dr. Kick. When I returned to the hospital, Virginia Cunningham had been transferred. She was no longer a patient in my division. She was now in the violent ward behind bars. Now, like I said, 17 happened to surrounded me. Don't shoot, I told them. I've been trapped up. I've been ground up. Oh, the hand 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 hand. Come on, you're my only belief. I fall on the floor. I swear. Well, this is it. I've come to this. Now I'm really lost. What'd you say? Nothing. I was talking to myself. Oh, a very bad habit. You must be very sick. Where did you come from? Ward one. One? Huh? I guess we made a mistake, huh? Your name, please. Virginia Stewart Cunningham. I'm Miss Somerville. I'm sure I haven't taken your temperature today. It's very important, you know. Let's see now. Hmm. No, no. Very good indeed. She thinks she did. Miss Somerville? Wasn't she the head nurse in Ward 3? Well, she ain't anymore. Very sick, you know. Uh, Like it's contagious. You've got to be careful with that Hester. Very sick, you know. She don't talk. And she don't like nobody she don't know. And she don't know nobody. She can choke and scratch like a... Where are you going? Stay away from her. That's Hester. Hello, Hester. I know how you feel. I used to feel like that, too. Won't you talk to me, Hester? I... I... I'd like to be your friend. 
Won't you let me be your friend? I am the first lady of the land. I have a right to cover my face. I'm the first lady of the land. You were just talking to Hester. Yes. You know why she tried to choke me just now? She thinks I'm just a dame. I'll bet you do too. But you can't prove a thing. She's a liar, Miss Bass. Virginia Cunningham remained in that ward for many weeks. Whenever I had a moment, I'd go over and talk with her. Somehow she was surviving it all. And one day, I discovered how. It was so strange, Dr. Kick. Here I was among all those people. And at the same time, I felt as if I were looking at them from someplace far away. The whole place seemed to me like a deep hole. And the people down in it like strange, like, like snakes. And I'd been thrown into it. Yes. As though, as though I were in a snake pit. A snake pit? And then I remembered reading that they used to put insane people into pits full of snakes. I think they figured that something which might drive a normal person insane might shock an insane person back into sanity. Did you ever hear of that? I did. Well, it was just as though they'd thrown me into a snake pit. And I was shocked into thinking that maybe I wasn't as sick as the others. But I really might get well. You are getting well. But why am I getting well? Is it because I'm supposed to know why I got sick? Do you know? Well, I know what you think. It's because of what happened to me years ago. Like that doll when I was a little girl. You didn't get sick only because of the doll. Was it because my father and mother were so angry with me? Partly that, I suppose. Or it may have started long before that. You wanted very much for your mother to love you. It wasn't your fault, but I don't think you got that love. That's why you turned to your father. And whenever he took your mother's side against you, you felt betrayed and unloved. When children feel that way, they get very angry. Often they want to eliminate the person they feel doesn't love them. You mean, when I smashed the doll, I, I wanted my father to die? No, but unconsciously you did want to get rid of him. Then when he got sick and did die, you felt it was your fault. And you couldn't cope with the sense of guilt. You tried to bury the memory of what had happened. But it always was there, Mrs. Cunningham, and it made you hurt yourself. Hurt myself? Well, for example, you didn't go out with boys. The reason you gave was that you were working so hard. Actually, you felt you had no right to. You avoided them because you were devoted to the memory of your father. But I did go out with Gordon. Gordon, yes. That was rather like trying to bring your father back, wasn't it? Gordon was a lot like your father. Sometimes I felt just like a child with Gordon. But I thought I really loved him at one time. Yet when he asked you to marry him, something deep within you rebelled. And when he was killed, you blamed yourself. Just you blamed yourself. It's horrible, isn't it? Again, you needed love and protection. So you went to New York to Robert. Robert? But why? After I married Robert... Why did I want to run away from him? I remember wanting to just before I got so sick. Because you were going back to your original pattern. You couldn't face being married to Robert just as you couldn't face marriage with Gordon. I felt it was wrong somehow. I felt like a child again. Do you know that sometimes children are afraid to grow up? They can't let go of the love they feel for their fathers. But they can't remain with their fathers. They do grow up and they do marry because they learn that husbands and fathers can't be the same thing. What did you say? I said that husbands and fathers can't be the same thing. 
Now, can they? No, they can't. It's strange. Strange? I mean, everything you've said seems to make sense. I feel as though I know it in my heart. But you don't quite understand it all in your head? Don't worry, it doesn't matter. Look, for example, let me turn out the light. Now, it's dark in here now. That's how you work, in a dark room. And you wanted to turn on the light. But you couldn't because you didn't know where the switch was. But now you do know. You may never know why by turning that switch you can make the light go on, but you don't have to know why. As long as you know where it is, you don't ever have to be afraid of being in the dark again. You're smiling, Mrs. Cunningham. I feel like smiling. Thank you, Dr. Kick. By the way, there's going to be a dance Wednesday night. Why don't you go? You mean anyone can go? Oh, no, it's very exclusive. Restricted entirely to patients at Juniper Hill State Hospital. Oh, and members of the staff. <laughs> Why, I, I think I'd like to go. Hey, Virginia! Virginia! Oh, hello, Ruth. I want a cigarette. Got one? Here. Thanks, honey. Just a minute. I thought you said one. Two's all I have left for the whole evening. Okay. One, then. My, you've certainly changed. I was watching Virginia Cunningham. She had come to the dance with Hester. Hester, the girl who never talked. I saw her sit next to Hester and smile encouragingly. But Hester's expression didn't change. It never changed. Then one of the men came over. Well, little lady, may I have this dance? I'm terribly sorry, but... Then I... how about your girlfriend? Hi, gorgeous. Come on, little lady. Let's dance. Let her alone. But she's so sore about it. Hey, what are you trying to scratch me for? All I did was scratch... Let her alone. That's the way she is. Boy, she must be nuts. It's all right, Hester. Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to hurt you. I won't let them. Uh, 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 oh, uh, say it, Hester. Don't be frightened. Oh, Hester, when I first came to the hospital, I was just like you. I guess I'd still be the same way if it hadn't been for, for someone who kept talking to me and made me feel I wasn't all alone. Having a good time, Mrs. Cunningham? Oh, yes, Dr. Kick. And now, look, Julie, I got it all figured out, Kate. Okay? I'm sorry, but I, I promised this dance to somebody else. To him? Okay, but you'll be sorry. Well, what are you waiting for? Go on, dance with him. But Dr. Kick, I... I'd be delighted. I'll be right back, Hester. I hate to be a nuisance, but could we stay close to Hester? Of course. They tell me you're the first one Hester's ever let come near her. I don't know why. Maybe it's just that sometimes a sick animal knows better how another sick animal should be treated. You know, Doctor, it would fair. You know everything about me, practically, and I don't even know your first name. It's Mark. Mark. Yeah. Just to the hospital. We get along very nicely. Any family? Brothers? Sisters? Now, look, you may be getting well, but you're not well enough to question your doctor. Can we sit here? Then I can watch Hester. Oh, that's fine. You know, I think I am getting better. For one thing, time doesn't pass as fast as it used to. And then you get selfish again. I mean, if you have three cigarettes, you don't give away two as you used to. Yes, some selfishness is a good sign of sanity. And there's another thing. Oh, what is it? I'd rather tell you some other time. Then I have something to tell you. What is it? You're going to staff again. And this time I'm recommending it. I think you'll be going home soon, Mrs. Cunningham. Home. 
So you're going home, Virginia. I'll go one and in comes five. Sure wish I knew where it's all going to end. I'll tell you where it's going to end, Ruth. When there are more sick ones than there are well ones, the sick ones will lock the well ones up. I'm not so sure they'd like it here. Ruth, take care of Hester, won't you? Sure. Sure I will. Miss Bass, may I say goodbye to Hester? Go ahead. Now, now, ladies, you've all said goodbye, so just go about your business. Wonder what that kind of business it is. And I'll come back to see you, Hester. I will. And meanwhile, your doctor will talk to you. Don't be afraid to talk. And you'll get well, too. Goodbye, Virginia. Oh, Hester, you've talked. I knew you would. You're going to get well now. I know you will. Goodbye, Hester. I'm waiting for you, Mrs. Cunningham, so I'll say goodbye now. Dr. Kick, will you, will you come and see us sometime, Robert and me? Well, yes, of course. You know you never will. But if ever you feel you want to talk to me, you know where you can find me. Goodbye, and good luck. Dr. Kick, remember at the dance, I was going to tell you another reason for knowing I was getting well? Yes. It's that I'm not in love with you anymore. You never really were, Virginia. Virginia, how can I tell you? How can I say how happy I am? What this day means to me, to us. Just hold my hand, Robert, while we go through the gates. Robert, what happened to my wedding ring? I kept it for you. May I have it? Sure. Been in my wallet all this time. Here, darling. Would you put it on again, please? It was a long time. Say, folks, that's your bus out there. Or don't you care? Don't we care? Come on, darling. We're going home. Now, here's Mr. Keeley with our stars. Now, here are tonight's stars taking a curtain call for one of the most wonderful performances we've ever been privileged to hear. Olivia de Havilland, Mark Stevens, and Leo Gent. <laughs> Olivia, of course, we want to add our congratulations to those you've already received on winning the Academy Award for a second time for your performance in the Paramount picture, The Heiress. Thank you, Bill. The part was a great challenge, and everyone has been very kind. And then, just yesterday, it was announced that you received the annual award of the Women's National Press Club as the Outstanding Woman in the Theatrical Field, an award to be presented to you in Washington next Saturday by the President of the United States. Naturally, Bill. I'm very grateful to the newspaper women of Washington for this honor. You know, the heiress was uh, very prophetic for Olivia. How's that, Mark? Well, she became the heiress to just about every award 
that an actress can get. <laughs> well, you're all going to get an inheritance tonight because we have some Lux Flakes for you to take home. <laughs> oh, Bill, believe me, at my house, they're a must. Leo, we're delighted that your return from England was just in time to get here for rehearsals this week. I'm delighted, too. It was such an unexpected pleasure to be with both you and Mark again in the snake pit. And now, Bill, will you tell us about next week's play? One of the screen's recent prize comedy hits, Mark. The RKO picture, Every Girl Should Be Married. And the stars are, of course, the ones you saw on the screen. Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. This is one of Cary Grant's most engaging comedy performances, and it's the picture that made Betsy Drake a star. We'll all enjoy hearing it, Bill. Good night. Good night. Good night, Good night. and come back soon. <laughs> Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, Join me again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Cary Grant and Betsy Drake in Every Girl Should Be Married. This is William Keeling saying good night to you from Hollywood. Mark Stevens appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of The Big Lift, starring Montgomery Clift and Paul Douglas. Heard in our cast tonight were Arnold Moss as Dr. Curtis and Betty Lou Gerson as Miss Davis. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear Every Girl Should Be Married, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.